0: boost conversion at an average order value. With free bold apps for 14 days, there's no excuse not to try and boost your sales this year. To get this special offer, go to boldcommerce.com slash kurt. That's boldcommerce.com slash k-u-r-t. Today on the unofficial Shopify podcast, we are going to discuss how to get our money right. Wait, no, not quite. We're going to talk about how to get our pricing right. Yes, we are joined by a man who has run hundreds of pricing tests, both on product pricing uh, and shipping just in e-commerce across a variety of verticals, and has done even years more experience of price testing across other categories. So we certainly have someone who's got quite a lot more experience at testing pricing than I do because I have done it, uh, well, I could probably count it on, on just my fingers and toes. And so this guy's going to walk us through it, going to explain uh, some of the trends he's seeing as well as how to perform tests, the best practices. And I think there's, I've heard some misconceptions around testing and so we're gonna get into those as well. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. Tech nasty. And I am joined today by Drew Marconi of IntelliGems, which is, of course, a price testing and margin optimization product for e-commerce brands. A wow. That just that sounds so attractive. Margin optimization product for e-commerce brands. Did a robot write that? A
1: lot of syllables in there.
0: We should have stopped at price testing. I like price testing tool. Done. Fabulous. Uh Mr. Marconi, any relation to the fictional characters from the Batman universe?
1: Uh, not to them, and also not to the inventor of the radio. Unfortunately, we were cutsy and got changed at Ellis Island.
0: Uh, wait, wait Paul, what was your, your comment
1: there? It's Maroney. That's the third time you've gotten that wrong on the podcast. Salvatore Moroni. Ah! It is. It is Salvatore Moroni. But you're not. You're not the first to have gotten it wrong. <laughs>
0: So I'm not the first person to make that reference. Ooh. The worst part is I have a bunch of Batman comics at home that I've been reading, and that's why it was top of mind, and I still screwed it up.
1: Yeah. Eric Roberts in The Dark Knight, he was perfect as Maroney.
0: Uh, I blew it. All right. Enough enough Batman, even though I did love the new Batman movie and could easily do 30 minutes just on that. I want to talk about price testing. Uh, okay. Well, gee, there's so many places to begin here. Let's go with... How did you get into price testing? It seems like a really narrow focus. I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, I eat, breathe, live this stuff, so I get it. But for everybody else who's like, how do you spend, you know, the last six years on just testing prices? Give us a little background here, a little flavor.
1: It, It was fluky, to be honest. My current business partner and I, we worked at a ride sharing company called Via Transportation in New York doing pooled rides, joined on the growth team. The company had used flat pricing for its first four years of existence. We knew we needed to get a bit more dynamic and they said, hey, Drew, Adam, let's figure this out. And it started as a side job of building that pricing system and blossomed into a team and full-time jobs for both of us. So over the course of four years, we built out, all right, how do we do meter-based pricing? How do we do surge pricing based off supply and demand and weather? How do we automate our lifecycle discounts and build subscriptions. And in kind of building this tool and layering it up, we realized we needed the testing system underpinning it. We could make a guess of how that surge algorithm should be weighted, but being able to test two or three of those versus one another, all right, now we can see customers' reaction. We can see if they're more price sensitive in the mornings or the evenings or more elastic in Chicago and New York and building that testing system it gave us data but more importantly it just let us move a lot faster we went from having these long decision cycles and you know ultimately having to go with someone's opinion to we could give this tool to each city to each team say go test it and then we have a meeting to discuss the data and you know we saw the power there we really love doing it we're huge nerds and love data and pricing is uh you can go deep and when we decided to start a company price testing seemed like a natural place to go we'd seen the power and we knew it would be useful to other industries so that's how Intelligems got started and still loving it you know six years later
0: so with it how many when we talk about testing price are we talking exclusively about price on product page Shipping rate, like, what are the... Because you rattled off a whole bunch of different ideas Mm -hmm. around pricing as it related to ride share. What are our pricing options within e-commerce?
1: Yeah, I, I think people hear pricing and they think just that PDP list price. But, like, capital P pricing, there are... When you log into a best practice Shopify store right now, and there are probably... 8 to 12 elements impacting the price that the customer pays. There's the pop-up that's paying you for your email address. There is your shipping policy is effectively a pricing policy. Your return policy is priced into that product. You get to the PDP. There is the list price. There's the compare app price if you're showing that. Um, You add it to the cart. There may be a subscribe and save discount you can access there there if you're doing it well or upsell and cross-sell options and potentially some recommended products or a mystery product so our goal is like let's test all of this and let's help you know the merchant think about it holistically like see all of those different pieces that impact essentially the income statement and optimize those in in sync rather than just finding these local local optimizations i keep using that word for each of those different strategies.
0: So let's go granular then. If I have all these mm-hmm. options available to me, where do I start? What's the order? What do you, I assume when you approach a store, you have a, a standard operating procedure for, this is how we're gonna optimize revenue or profit.
1: Yeah, it, it depends a lot on the store, but there's a framework by which we can like, figure out what the roadmap is. Rule number one is like, have a roadmap of what you wanna test. Um, Testing, it's, it's a coin flip. If you are using learnings, you can like make it more likely than 50% it's going to win. But essentially, it's a coin flip. So the way to get the best return is give yourself as many flips as you can and eliminate dead time between tests. So having the roadmap, you know, hold it loosely, be willing to change, but it lets you iterate really quickly, which then accelerates the impact. So that's s- step one. How do you build that roadmap? You have to have your goals... Well understood, like goals for your business. That's usually someone asks me, like, what's my pricing strategy? And every time it's like, well, there's no perfect price. Price comes after your business goals. Like, are you trying to just maximize the total profit you can get from the store this year? Are you trying to grow your number of new customers because you have an LTV and retention play? Are you trying to grow your top line revenue because you have an investor target you really need to hit? Um, let's get a good grasp of those and how they work with each other because like there could be a test where raising price decreases your conversion rate, decreases your top line revenue, but you are making more profit at the end of the day. And like, is that a trade-off you are going to make? So start with the goals, build this roadmap, And then we usually recommend taking like, you have to put some stakes in the ground of what variables am I going to move at a time. So list price is often, you know, a really powerful one. Um, Let's kind of figure out the range of that list price, where it should be, what's the price elasticity on this product or this set of products. Um, Shipping rates are also an easy one to pin down early on. Like, is free shipping worth it for me? If I take it away, how much conversion rate do I lose? If I add a threshold, what's the trade-off between my lowered conversion rate and my increased AOV um, if I change around with the rate? So that one people play with, list price. And then from there, it's like, all right, let me get into some of these offers, be it subscribe and save discount or an upsell and a cross-sell. Um, and you kind of find the ranges on each of these variables. And that's when like you've kind of limited your set of options, you can start playing around with multiple variants at once. So, all right, am I better off having a higher price and a steeper subscription discount? Or, you know, a lower one-time purchase price with a smaller subscribe and save discount. Like you get into some cannibalization and some some metrics that are a lot harder harder to measure there. So that's kind of the end of the road when we've narrowed things in and can start fine tuning interaction effects basically.
0: It's the interaction effects that really complicate things because it's yep. – you're looking at like – you're you're taking a, a magnifying glass to one small individual step that's part of a larger process that, depending on the person on the site, could be two minutes, could be two weeks. Mm-hmm. And you it's really tough. And so you're really working with like a, a lot of averages here and then trying to – there's a balance here. And so – it sounds like the order that you go in is, all right, let's dial in the range. Let's figure out the, the range of where the product price should be. And you're saying list price, like retail price, the normal price. And then figure out, all right, let's dial in our shipping rate. Because that has a, I mean, largely shipping is, is really just a cost center, but it does have an yeah. impact on conversion rate. But people's, uh, what we've noticed is, is people's resistance to paying for shipping is slipping. It's going away. And so that's a, totally. another optimization opportunity. And then third, the final one is like, okay, once you have those two basics, those are the, the constants in our system here, then we're gonna dial in our offers. And the offers, what's interesting about that is when we, we work with clients, they have never tested the previous two options, they always jump straight to testing the offer. And certainly you could do it, but it's just interesting to hear um, that you're like, all right, that's the last part that one would test.
1: Also, the approach to testing offers is is just based on revenue. Hey, I I reduced the price. Did my conversion rate go up? Did my top line go up? Which to me is like, well, that's not the right way to think about it. Did this improve your margins or not? Like, you put out an offer. How many incremental folks bought that? That's going to get you some lift in revenue, more orders. You're going to make more margin from those orders. But on each order with the discount, you've given away some margin. So like, how do those net out? Um, it's, uh, I think oftentimes like it, it caters to some vanity top line metrics. And uh, we just firmly believe like anything discount related should be oriented towards improving the bottom line. Um, doesn't have to it could be, hey, I brought in more users and they're gonna pay me back over the course of the next couple of years. But um, yeah, that's, that's the last step for us.
0: Do you still use a horse and buggy? <laughs> How about a fax machine? No? Then don't use a regular Shopify theme when you can use Zipify pages. Just ask this Zipify user.
1: Zipify Pages. I just found that it converts so much better than any Shopify theme I have used before, and you can create high-converting landing pages in really the matter of minutes.
0: Zipify Pages is a powerful landing page and sales funnel builder on Shopify. All their templates are tested and proven by a $155 million e-commerce brand, so you know their stuff actually works. You can copy entire templates like opt-in pages, product pages, and holiday promotions, or use the drag-and-drop builder to create your own custom layouts, then publish your pages directly onto your Shopify store. Plus, all pages are optimized for mobile, and built-in split testing helps you maximize your results. It's no wonder Zipify Pages is used by over 5,500 Shopify merchants. To start your free 14-day trial, go to zipify.com kurt. That's zipif ycom K-U-R-T. And to get an unadvertised bonus, email help at zipify.com and ask for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. Who is a candidate to be doing split testing? Like, at what stage of the business do you say, "All right, now's the time to start pl- split testing"? Versus saying, "Hey, it's too early; don't waste your time."
1: It's it's somewhere around like one and a half, two million dollars of revenue per year is is our rule of thumb. So it's a it's a brand that has some product market fit. You've proven that customers will buy this and. You can find them on advertising channels. And more importantly, you have enough traffic where you can run a test and get signal in, you know, maximum six weeks. Running a test for longer than that, like, you're just going to confuse people. You should be working on the brand, working on growth, figuring out, you know, what messages hook people. And at that early stage, you should be taking big swings. You know, you should be trying 25, 50, or even stronger differences between your groups. That's going to help you get signal faster and, You just have a lot less information because you've operated with less customers. So that's like the starting point. I find people who can really optimize are then in the maybe five to 15 million a year range. So there is product market fit. You've got a repeatable structure, but you're trying to figure out like the economic engine. Um, How much? What's my range of what I pay for a customer? What do my first orders look like? I've now got some data on retention. That's where you can kind of go like collection by collection and. Try some more minute changes and set yourself up for that like next stage of scale, and give yourself the unit economics to do that responsibly.
0: So, where do where do people go wrong with setting prices? And my suspicion is they just guess once and then kind of stick with it.
1: So I'll tell you we've we've done probably I don't know three hundred interviews at this point with people who run pricing at ecom on Shopify stores and ask, how do you set your prices? I like This is not an exaggerated stat. 80% of the answers, someone gives the finger in the wind motion. Um, usually what it is, is like, well, we looked at competitor prices and have that in the spreadsheet. We looked at like our COGS and our gross margin targets based off some benchmarks. We then, this is a bonus step, for the top 50%, we built like a matrix in Excel that shows us what possible outcomes are based off conversion rates and at different price points. And then they had a long, painful process for a month or two of debate, and they ended up going with the HIPPO, uh, which stands for highest paid person's opinion. That was decided. They kept an eye on the data for like a week to make sure nothing fell off a cliff. And then they have not revisited it in one to two years because it was such a painful process. No one was happy at the end of it and no one wants to do it again. Um, So that's like a pretty, I don't know, typical process for folks. Um, I think, you know, to your question of of what do people get wrong there? One is you're not iterating. Like the market changes. Even if you got it right two years ago, like your customers have changed, your competitors have changed, inflation rate has changed, your COGS have changed you need to be moving more quickly than that. Um, Two, like you don't have great data. You tracked it for a week afterwards. You're trying to compare versus the past. It's difficult. So maybe there was a better option, even if yours was good enough. Um, And then third, I think, is this like local optimization problem. You kind of start with that price as an anchor and then you have people optimizing shipping and discounts and the cross-sells and all of that stuff happens with, price is a fixed point instead of thinking of that as as part of the broader problem.
0: I asked about uh, split-testing pricing. I said, who's doing it? Should you do it? Just an open-ended question about it because I was curious about it. I had run split tests on on shipping. I had not attempted this um, in any reasonable fashion on products. And it was kind of interesting. Some of the feedback I got was people who thought it was illegal in some way. And it doesn't feel like that – all right. So I'm not a lawyer and it, it does not feel like that testing pricing should in some way be illegal. What is your opinion here? You're also not yeah. a lawyer, but significantly also more experience in this area. Also obligatory,
1: not a lawyer. Uh, disclaimer. So yeah, th- there are a lot of misconceptions. I think we all learned in high school econ, the term price discrimination and discrimination is a loaded term and that leads people to think it's objectively a bad thing or illegal, and it's it's not. Um, the, the bright line here that, that we don't cross and we don't think people should cross is personalizing list prices based off, like, protected classes. So if I'm changing the price by micro zip codes or changing it for an iPhone user versus an Android user or... Doing that, like, it will probably correlate with discriminating based on race, gender, maybe religion. That's where you, you don't want to be. Um, for us, like, we do two things differently. We we are two things we try to keep people on track of. One is is randomize your tests. You know, you can segment on new traffic or returning traffic or you can segment to particular campaigns. But it's going to be a random assignment after that point. And two, you are testing to reach a conclusion point. You're not testing to, like, give your iPhone folks who have the new device a higher price than your iPhone folks who have an old device. You're testing it to, like, make your business better and drive to conclusions. And there's iterations along the way, but um, that's, like, how we think about it. Discounts, and this is just a funny piece about our legal system, completely different game. Like, you can personalize discounts and offers and... You know that's very standard practice. So there's a lot of interesting stuff to do there, but um, list price we really try to stay cognizant of those two two guidelines.
0: So the the list price is the list price has a protected status in a way, and the really the legal risk is um, unintentionally or intentionally of course would be bad, but unintentionally discriminating against a group of people because you use some some profiling based on location or device, the device one is really interesting, um, and get yourself in trouble that way. That's the thing to avoid. So use randomized samples and um, different segmentation that doesn't discriminate in the same way. Like, new versus returning is not going to associate to, um, like, you know, race, sex, religion.
1: Yeah, yeah. And 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 it's like... Um... Keep it random. It's very there's like very little record of this ever happening, and like retail stores have been pricing differently in zip codes for years, um, and effectively running tests store by store. So, um, I think a lot of the the fear around it is is overblown, and and that's a lot of what we do is like educate folks on hey, how do you test your prices? Like here's why it's okay. Here's here's the huge benefit you can get from it. You've optimized. Every single aspect of your funnel, and you've never touched one of the biggest factors in the whole thing, which is price.
0: I want to go back to price elasticity. Let's say uh, I, I have an MBA. I started, studied business, and like econ 101, you start learning about price elasticity. For the, the layperson, give me the the basic version of price elasticity. And then I want to know, what is the typical range on a price before you see it affect conversion rate?
1: Yeah, so price elasticity is a measurement of how strong your customers react to a change in price. So let's say we have a product, it's $100. We change the price by 10%. We increase it. That product is considered... Elastic. It is highly price elastic if we see more than a 10% change in demand. So I increase the price 10%, 20% of conversion goes away. That is a, I'm making less revenue at the end of the day in that trade-off. The product is inelastic if I increase the price 10% and I only lose 5% of conversion. When I multiply now my price times quantity, I'm making more revenue than in the uh, original case. And so it helps you understand like how much pricing power you have. Um, if your product is very elastic, lowering prices could be helpful because you lower the price 5%, you get 25% more conversion. That's great. If your product is inelastic, you're able to increase the price, increase your overall revenue.
0: A good working example here, a uh, a Snickers bar. Price is elastic. If I told you a Snickers bar is normally $2, it is now $6, significantly few Snickers bars will be sold. But if I told you gas used to be $3 a gallon, now it's $6 a gallon, well, you really don't have a choice. You still have to drive your car. So in this case, gasoline, uh, inelastic.
1: Exactly. Now, the one big caveat I'd put on this as people think about it for their businesses Profit is different than revenue like that When should I raise prices? When should I decrease prices is elasticity more than one or less than one that strictly tells you If your revenue will be higher or lower at the end of the day But as I mentioned earlier that does not always correlate with whether your profit Is higher or lower at the end of the day like that 10% price increase Maybe you lost 15% of conversion, but if your unit margin if the the margin that you're pulling in on each item like let's say you have 10% margin so on each item you went from making 10 bucks to 20 bucks you're actually going to be making more profit even though you've sold fewer units and have less revenue i wish i had a whiteboard for this but um there is yeah, you, like you
0: need the supply and demand chart
1: yeah um so and and the other thing about elasticity is like it changes over time you know that snickers bar it may maybe going from 2 to 225 has no impact Going from 225 to 275 has no impact. But when you cross three, all of a sudden demand falls off a cliff because people are like, I'll just buy a cliff bar. Um, So I'll circle back to your original question of like, what's the range we usually see? It is very different brand to brand. Uh, What we usually recommend people do is like start on both sides. Try a test, run 10% higher, 10% lower. Let's see what happens. We've had cases where the 10% reduction in price yields 35% increase in conversion. We've had cases where doing a 15% price increase, no statistically significant change in conversion rate. So it really depends on your customers and where you are on the market. And we tell people like, hey, check your ego at the door, try both sides and see what this curve looks like. Because it's not a straight line relationship where like increasing five and decreasing five is going to have the same, same impact.
0: The, all right. I want – well, you're talking about um, when running these tests, you know, people, even if they have tested them, it's like maybe you did it two years ago and things have changed. What – How? how much does seasonality affect things? Like in Q4, I would assume that we are looking for deals but also more likely to open our wallets when we encounter any deal versus Q1. Now we have the hangover of Q4. That credit card bill has come home. You know, what um, what impact does seasonality have, if any?
1: I mean, this is where as a young company who's been doing this for a year, like we're still learning that. Um I can share from ride sharing it has a massive impact. Like, um on paycheck days we would see decreased price elasticity for like the next following few days. Um, so fourteenth and twentieth of the month. Uh Holiday season for ride sharing, much lower price elasticity. People just have to go to their office party and they have to go to this and they're drinking more and the alternatives are are less valid. So um, we have like anecdotally seen it in e-commerce. We've, we saw a lot less price since like higher prices were winning a lot more last, let's call it like May or June post stimulus checks anecdotally we're now seeing lower prices put up a fight and a lot more um tests so we don't have a clean sample where we've tested the same product each month over the course of a year but um it's it's real and i think for us we're like hey you should run tests and build up this knowledge for yourself so that you can take advantage of um you know when people are willing to buy
0: it's interesting to consider like when pandemic stimulus checks hit versus now where the headlines are screaming the inflation and there's a recession coming. And I just got back from Disney world. Tell those people there's a recession. I have never seen that park so crowded. (laughs) Obviously this is a myopic view of it, but I was just like trying to, trying to, uh, view, you know, insane 10% wholesale inflation versus like the most crowded, Expensive theme park I've ever been in. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but those, you know, these things take time and they change over time. And I think there is a, if you could have the traffic, so you have the, the sample size to support it, there's a lot of advantage here to being aware of this.
1: Yeah. And we've had people do stuff like let me keep 5% of traffic exploring a lower or a higher price point. And I can pick up on those changes as they happen. You know, I don't need to treat it as testing is something I do discreetly three times a year or four times a year.
0: This episode was brought to you by the team at Rewind, a trusted Shopify app since 2015. If you're a Shopify partner, join leading agencies like Milk Bottle Labs, Velstar, and Mac Digital Designs, and more in the Rewind Agency Partner Program. You can earn up to $2,000 for recommending Rewind to your clients. And you can rest easy knowing that the hard work you've done for your clients is protected. If you're a merchant, feel confident and enjoy peace of mind that your store is always safe with automated backups. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Learn more by looking up Rewind in the Shopify app store or visit Rewind.com. Best of all, visit Rewind.com slash Kurt Elster and get a 30-day free trial. I want to know about what trends you're seeing. Like, there are a lot of changes last year. Uh, iOS 14, iOS 14.5, so the the Facebook privacy change that mm-hmm. disrupted our our the efficacy of our, our Facebook ads. Um, supply chain disruptions, uh, which... Sometimes our supply chain disruptions and sometimes our a euphemism for climate change enable things, especially if you're like a food um, product. Like sriracha just had to suspend production. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And uh, what are some others? Um, well, and then you know, inflation people's concerns right about inflation versus like you know, stimulus checks of the past. There's a lot going on here. What are some of the trends you're seeing? Let's really – let's lean on that, that economics background here.
1: Yeah. I was more of a micro econ guy, less macro, but I'll, I'll share, share my take. Um, one consistent trend we've seen is people being willing to explore charging for shipping. I think for a long time there was the dogma, we need to compete against Amazon and have free shipping. Uh, we've seen a lot of people open to exploring thresholds, open to exploring charging for every order and potentially charging 10 bucks an order, like, you know, significant amounts. That's been brought on by, I think, like each of the last couple of holiday seasons, UPS and the other folks being like, we're just going to keep this, this surcharge in there. And, and the results have been positive. Like people have been generally getting good returns from that. We, we don't see a lot of consistent patterns across stores, but that is one that is pretty consistent. Like playing around with your threshold, starting to charge some orders for shipping, differentiating between different types of orders, um, people are finding extra margin there, and I, I, I think it's a spot where there's opportunity to be more dynamic over the course of you know the next couple of years as you figure out for this order how much is it going to ship, cost to ship. Um, a second trend, and I think this is not a new one. I, you know, people have been doing this for as long as e-commerce has been around, but I think there's some renewed urgency around growing AOV and using things like volume discounts or bundling discounts or upsells to encourage people to do that. So, hey, buy four items, get 10% off. Buy 10 items, get 30% off your next order. Um, And I think the reason that has become popular, me just theorizing, there's been this broad pivot to margins. Like we need to focus on bottom line, we can't just put money into Facebook and get money out and everything's gravy. We have to focus on the profitability. People have often also become more cognizant of their shipping costs. What's interesting about shipping costs is they don't scale with like the size of the order. There's a pretty heavy fixed component. You know, I could sell you a $50 cart or a $100 cart, it's not gonna cost me twice as much to ship. So people have realized, oh, if I grow my order value, I can spread that shipping cost over more products I'm happy to give a discount for someone to add more items to their cart because I'm going to make more profit at the end of the day. And I think that like, we've just seen people playing around with different ways of doing that, trying to make it super easy for the customer to um, add things to their cart. And and that's something that we're working on helping folks test. Like how do you dial in those offers, make them profitable, make them appealing to the customer? Um, So those those are the two, two big ones I've seen.
0: The, no, I absolutely agree with you. You're right. The, in the past, it was just accepted that the standard is free shipping and we accept this because amazon really forced it on us when they yep. said you know everything over 25 dollars ships free or get amazon prime but the you know the reality set in everyone as consumers got more sophisticated oh i hate that word as we as people got more sophisticated buying online uh everybody knew hey i'm the free shipping is baked in the price I'm paying for it, and in Amazon's case, straight up they're like, "Hey, you're gonna pay for it upfront with an annual fee." So we all yep. know it's not really free, and as a result, ah, now I can start charging for shipping. And I think it's especially true if you are able to communicate like brand story and show, "Hey, there is a real person behind this brand. Yep. Like there is one individual or a family, you know, a team. There are real people here, and this is a real small business." And I think that makes people um, definitely more willing to pay for shipping.
1: And and I think like there's just more awareness of, oh, I didn't realize how much shipping costs. Like supply chain, when was the last time supply chain was like a national news story? Like that ship getting stuck in the canal was the (laughs) like most marketable expression of Oh, I understand why e-commerce companies are charging me for shipping. Like these things have to move around the world. Yeah, Um, so so I, I I think there's a bit more consumer empathy, but maybe I'm being I'm being generous. But I I hope that's the case.
0: I think more more people are aware, but it's enough people still are are unaware. Um,
1: Yeah.
0: So. What have I missed here? What What do people get wrong? What do you want them to do? What are you disappointed I didn't ask?
1: Ooh, good question. Um, I think, like, if, if I leave people with, with something, it's that testing is, is less risky than you think. I mean, it's, it's not illegal. It's good business practice. It's also way likely. People worry about customers getting different experiences, like, you fix them into a group during the test. And I don't know, we've had 50 million shoppers go through tests and have had fewer than five issues. Like you have your customer experience team on board with the test. They're capable of, you know, turning those experiences if someone reaches out, delightful. You cross your T's and dot your I's to make sure you're doing your integration correctly and having the test go. Like there's pretty low risk, especially for the upside you can gain. I also think there's like ways to get started on being better at pricing without having to go, you know, buy IntelliGems or spend a bunch of time setting up split tests. Like you can try things. Comparing data before and after, it's not perfect. It's a like, there's a lot of reasons it's not perfect, but it's better than not doing anything and just assuming that your price is good. Um, you know, using discounts as a way to test price elasticity not perfect. You're kind of not exactly measuring price, but again, it's better than doing nothing. So like, I would just encourage people to like spend an hour thinking about your price experience for customers. I mean, like, what can I try? What am I open to experimenting with here? Because do addressing price once every year, once every two years is just not going to work anymore. Like we've we've seen all these changes in the industry in the last 14 months. And I think that's like hammered it home for people, but, um, it's a living, breathing subject that like should be as big a focus as, um, you know, other merchandising topics.
0: It is, it is, it is so fundamental. Like what is the price of this item? What is the ideal point that balances availability to people where like subjectively enough, the right number of people are willing to buy. This has hit the right value for them. Um, because really, like, pricing on an individual basis is a very emotional decision, and very. that's a hard thing to figure out. You can't rationalize your way through other people's emotional decisions, and I think that's the importance and the value of this testing, Yeah, right? Versus, you know, you could look at, like, competitors and all this stuff. Ultimately, it is an entirely irrational decision. And so I think the only way you get it is is through this these random tests is the only way you're going to get an accurate feel for it. But the cost is... Uh, you have to put in the effort you need tools to do it and you you need a significant amount of traffic um for this to to be statistically significant oh is the stat sig yes <laughs> hopefully it is
1: <laughs> I love that line from the last podcast. Uh, oh, is, this, is this stat <laughs> uh yeah it, and it's emotional for the brand owner too which I I, I don't wanna you know
0: yes skip that's true over. I like, shouldn't discount it's that.
1: it's scary it's scary to change prices and there will be there will be people who no longer buy when you raise the prices, and it's painful. It's painful to lose any customer that like you fought for, um, but you have to be able to zoom out and see. Well, the 99 other folks are now paying me more, and this is a, a better place to be. Um, so, tell me,
0: Intelligems, do we have uh, do we have a free trial for this thing?
1: Can I get started using it? What
0: do I got to do here? I want to jump into testing. You have a tool for it pitch
1: me yeah so intelligems.io uh, i-n-t-e-l-l-i-g-e-m-s how it sounds um you can find us there our tool we basically power these split tests so you tell us what you want to run be it different shipping rates discounts prices set up your groups up to five split your traffic you can segment it start the test and then we give you data within the hour of how conversion rate revenue and profit are changing between the two the three groups or four groups however many you have um, we really focus on like quality of the integration to make sure that it is a completely native experience um, if you click the book a demo on your site um, say that you found us through kurt uh, you're gonna get a call with me we can chat just about your strategy. You don't need to buy the products and happy to share some tips and what we're seeing. Um, and then also happy to uh, you know do the integration for you free of cost if you say that you came from Kurt. Um, so always happy to chat about these things.
0: Amazing. Drew, thank you so much. I have to go test some pricing. Privy is the fastest way to grow sales with email and SMS. You can build your list, save abandoned carts, send money making emails and texts, and more, all in one place. Plus, you'll get coaching and support from e-commerce experts no matter where you start. Privy is the number one rated sales app on Shopify and has helped merchants deliver over seven billion in online sales. Join the thousands of merchants growing with Privy by signing up for a free 15-day trial today. Just head over to privy.com/slash unofficial Shopify to get started. That's P-R-I-V-Y.com/slash unofficialshopify.